Welcome to the Coppreneur Path Podcast. Welcome to the show that is all about the path from cop to coppreneur. I'm your host, Adam Wills. With this podcast, I am going to help equip you for your own post-law enforcement entrepreneurial journey with lessons learned from my experience growing a successful post-Leo business. You'll also get to hear from fellow coppreneurs and experts in business and marketing whose advice will give you an edge against the competition. You are in the right place. So let's get after it. Welcome to another episode of the Copper Newer Path podcast brought to you by Eliotoceo.com. I'm here today with Brandon Liebowitz from SEO Optimizers. And uh, no surprise, based upon uh, the title of his business, we're here to talk about SEO today. And I know that's a big, broad topic. And we've, we've done some episodes in the past talking about SEO. Uh, and if you've been around as part of the Eliota CEO community for a while, we've even done some workshops on SEO. But here's the thing. Uh, the golden rule, as it kind of is with SEO, is that it is ever-changing. There's constantly new things that are coming out. Algorithms change, new strategies. Um, the old strategies don't necessarily work. and right. So everything is always changing. So I don't want anybody that's listening to think, hey, just because I've listened to an episode in the past, a year ago, about SEO, that this is somehow irrelevant now. So I want you guys to listen up because uh, Brandon sure has uh, his own take on things and his own strategies and ideas from an SEO standpoint. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit today in regards to how you guys, as many of you are um, catering to national audiences rather than local audiences. We want to talk a little bit about some strategies and things that you can do in order to hone in on those audiences and leverage SEO optimization uh, in many different ways in order to uh, attract that audience. And so without further ado, I want to welcome our guest to the show. Uh, Brandon, it's good to have you on. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, so obviously there's a ton of stuff that we could talk about as it relates to SEO, and um, it's a big topic, and as I'm sure you've encountered before, uh, with our marketing agency, we often have people that reach out to us and they say, I need SEO, and we always chuckle a little bit because A, most of the time when people say they need SEO, they, they actually need to do something else first. Um, but also B, when people say they need SEO, it's a huge bucket, right? Like, there's a lot of things that play in um, to the SEO bucket. And so we were like, okay, well, what do you mean you need SEO? What exactly are you seeing? What, are re what result are you trying to get? So let's first kind of take a bite out of this from looking at it, like I said in the intro, from a national perspective, for a brand that is trying to gain national awareness and drive traffic to a website, what are maybe the key elements that we need to have in place as part of our SEO strategy? Yep. There's a lot of different things what you need for SEO, but it's like, it's like a puzzle. There's a lot of pieces to SEO, but some pieces are a lot bigger than others. So when you're looking at a website, some of the more important things are really like content on the website. The more text you have on the page, the easier it is for the search engines to understand and actually know what that page is about. So 
they struggle with images and videos. They're getting better at it, but they really rely heavily on text. The more content you put on every single page on your website, the easier it will be for them to understand what that page is about, what keywords you're targeting, and for them to rank you for the correct words. So that's really important. I know a lot of people are going to be like, I don't want to put 400 words, or you have to put about 400 words, which it's going to sound like a lot, and aesthetically, it's not going to look the best. But I always tell people, just throw it at the very bottom of your page, because most people don't really scroll down on the website. So Google will read from top to bottom your website, but people don't really scroll down. You have to think like the last time you scrolled to the very bottom of the website, it doesn't really happen too often. Sometimes you will, but most of the time, people don't even really scroll down. Whatever they see on a website, called above the fold or the fold, that's where people, I think it's like 70% of people never even scroll down on desktop. So having all that information at the top is really important. And then, or having like a good call to action, making it look pretty for people is important. And then below that, you can put all the SEO verbiage and content there. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, you're driving home a good point there because um, the content on your website is foundational. And in fact, your website is foundational. Um, and and like you said, above the fold, you know, I always tell everybody, you have to make sure that you answer in under seven seconds without somebody scrolling. What is it you're offering? How will it make your life better? And how do they get it? Right. And so um, those things are very important. But like you said, copy, the copy that is actually used or um, for, for those of you that maybe have never used, heard the word copy used in this context, um, the way that we mean copy, we mean the text on your website. Um, it's really important, right? And we can't, I think a lot of people, when they try to take a DIY approach to their website, uh, they either go really thin on the copy and they don't put enough text on their website or they go overboard and the copy that they use really isn't um, what they need either from a user experience or for Google to really get the context it needs to send traffic to your website. Yeah, no, definitely. So yeah, I said 400 words of text per page, but that's just an average like you said earlier, like it just depends on the intent, like behind that search. If someone's just asking a quick question and the answer only needs to be a sentence or two, you don't need to write 400 words. Like maybe someone's asking like for like a solution to a math problem. You don't need to write hundreds of words. Like was two plus two, just give them the answer right there. But something more in depth, like how to do SEO could be 4,000 words. So it's just averaging it out. And the way that I tell people to look at the content is, Go to Google, search for your keywords, see who's on that first page of Google, skip over the ads. It's different, but look at the organic results and open up all those pages and see how much text each page has. And you can kind of average it out because it's not really a one size fits all with SEO. Everything is really just depends on your competitors. Who's on that first page of Google? How much SEO have they done? And how can I do a better job at it? And kind of look at what they've done. If everyone's writing 800 words, maybe you want to write 850 words. If everyone's writing... 20 words, maybe you write 25 words, or maybe you just write 20 words and just try to reword it in your own way, but somehow keeping or differentiating yourself. But yeah, it's the content is so very important. Google really feeds off that text. The more text you put on that page or anywhere, like even on like YouTube, people watching videos or when you upload videos to YouTube, Google will try, or YouTube is owned by Google, but they'll try to transcribe and put subtitles in, which they're not perfectly there yet. They still mess it up. So if you could put that in there, transcribing it or timestamping it or any way to add more text is just going to help out across the board for pretty much every platform, every website really loves text. 
All right. So definitely pay attention to the text on your website. And I would say uh, hire a professional copywriter in most cases. That's that's pretty important. Um, all right. So I had asked you, what are the, kind of the foundational elements of a national SEO strategy? Um, the first one you mentioned that we just talked about is your website and specifically the copy on it. What else uh, do you think is important from a national SEO strategy? So then you have to go in and optimize everything else on the website, the technical aspects, which would be like going into the coding, like the title tag or the meta description, making sure your images are optimized by naming the files with descriptions, descriptive words and adding alt tags and just making sure that all these technical things, you could add schema into your website. You got to make sure that you have your site map, submit that to Google, have header tags, all this really technical stuff. But unfortunately, Google doesn't really care too much what you put on the website without backlinks. They don't trust anybody. So you have to build trust up first from Google. Then Google will look at all the keywords on your website to figure out what to rank you for. But without what are called backlinks, it's going to be really tough to rank on Google. So backlinks are essentially just other websites talking about you. Like if you're reading an article on Forbes and it says Brandon Leibowitz and you click on it and it goes to my website, then I'd be getting a backlink from Forbes. So it's really important to get backlinks, but in the past, it was just a numbers game. If I had hundred backlinks and you had 200, you would rank higher than me. But Google changes their algorithm every single day and backlinks are a big part of their algorithm that they're constantly updating that one. And now it's really the quality of the backlinks, not the quantity. So making sure that you have better quality backlinks than me. If I have a hundred backlinks, and they're all low quality, but you have 20 high quality ones, you're going to rank higher than me because Google's going to trust you more. What's a quality backlink? To Google, a quality backlink just means a website that's relevant or related to you and authoritative. So the more authoritative or bigger the website, the more SEO value, but the more relevant, the better, because it all comes down to relevancy. Got to make sure your backlinks are relevant, your website's content matches up with relevancy, so it all becomes relevant. If someone's searching for your keywords, you become the most relevant result to Google. Okay. So how do we go about getting backlinks for our website then? That is the tricky part. How do you get backlinks? It's tough, but there's a lot of different ways, such as looking at your competitors. So there's tools out there that will show you anyone's backlinks. You have to pay for these tools, but they're definitely worthwhile. There's some of the bigger ones are Ahrefs or Moz or SEMrush are kind of like the three big ones, but I would just pick one. It doesn't matter which one you use, but you could take that tool and throw any website in there. You could throw Google in there. You could see all of Google's backlinks. You could see anyone's backlinks. And then one by one, start reaching out to those sites. So search on Google. Again, just go to Google, search for your keywords, see who's on that first page of Google or maybe the first couple pages and make note of who shows up consistently. So I would search for like 10 or 20 different keywords and make note of who shows up there and then you could categorize these websites. Are they small companies, medium-sized, large companies? And place yourself. Are you a small business? Then target the smaller companies. If you're a medium-sized company, you go after the medium-sized ones. But if you're a small company and you're trying to go after these large ones, you're going to see they're going to have thousands, tens of thousands of backlinks, and it's going to be really tough. So you just have to place yourself in the right category and see where you are, what phase of your business cycle are you in, and go after those websites and look at their backlinks. And one by one, start reaching out to all those sites, because if they're linking out to your competitors, they're more than likely potentially going to link out to you. If you have the right incentive or you can figure out what they did, did they write an article? Did they sponsor an event? Did they do a press release? 
is this a local directory they're in or what's going on? How'd they get into this website? And then, but from there, there's a lot of other ways to build backlinks yourself, which is what you probably have to do because you're only going to be able to get so many of your competitors' backlinks. Your competitors might have backlinks from a website that added a backlink 15 years ago and to try to get a backlink from that site, it's going to be tough because the person that posted that link is probably not there. They still might be, but they might not be there or the website not be might not be updated anymore. It might just be a stagnant website that's just sitting there. So you have to build some new ones and there's a lot of different ways to build ones. But again, you have to kind of be careful because if you build the wrong type of backlinks, instead of ranking higher, you're going to drop down in ranking. So you really want to be on niche related sites and you want to find sites that are related to you. So if you could offer people free content or do a sponsorship or do tons of different things, you could join podcasts, starting your own podcast. There's a lot of different strategies out there, but again, just focus on quality. Don't just go after every backlink that your competitors have. Just focus on the higher quality ones. All right. Well, I want to take a quick break here. And then when we come back, I want to talk about, uh, I want to pick your brain just a bit about paid search um, and, and paid advertising in general and how that can help us from a national strategy standpoint for our business. This is the end of side one of the podcast. To continue listening, flip the podcast over and continue on side two. If you understood that reference, you remember a time when people were engaged with each other. They knew what was going on all over town. They knew who the neighbors were, and sometimes they were even friendly with them. While times might have changed, people haven't. People simply found new ways of engaging and came to expect that engagement on demand. Is it possible that you can engage on demand with your business without being glued to a screen? It can be. Prevent your leads from stalling out or falling through and keep your existing customer relationships from going stale with Breacher CRM. Whether you're starting, growing, or scaling a business, we have plans to fit your needs. Go to BreacherCRM.com. Breacher, the first guy to open the door, CRM.com. All right, I'm back here with Brandon, and we were, uh, right before the break, uh, I told you guys I wanted to talk a little bit about paid search. Um, so maybe for those of you guys that were like, well, what does that even mean? Brandon, can you please explain what, what is paid search? So when you search on Google or search engines, there's usually ads at the top. Those are all paid ads. Right below the ads are the organic, the free listings. So when you search on Google, there could be four ads at the top, three, two, one, zero, kind of all changes. If we're all searching, if we all search for the same keyword right now, Google's going to slightly change it up, personalize it. Some of us might be shown ads. Some of us might not shown be ads. Or not, yeah, we might not be shown ads. It all just kind of depends on a bunch of different variables. But right below the ads, there's the organic, the free listings, which is what we talked about earlier, the SEO, where there's 10 of them always listed in there. And then right below that, there might be some more ads. And again, those ads just vary. Sometimes they're there, sometimes they're not. There's a lot of different ways you can run ads, but usually it's pay-per-click. So every time you click on an ad, you're paying Google or whatever platform you're on. And it could be with Google, each click could be 10 cents a click, could be 10 or 50 cents a click. It could be a dollar a click. It could be $10 a click, or it could be $50 a click or a hundred dollars per click. So the ads can be quite expensive. They add up pretty quickly. They do work. It just depends on your return on your investment and just making sure it all aligns. But 
the ads are a little expensive at times. That's why I like the SEO, but the ads do work. It's not that they don't work. It's just expensive. And once you stop running ads, you just disappear. Whereas with SEO, you stop doing SEO, you're not just going to disappear over time. Your competitors are going to do more SEO than you've done, but it's going to take them months to outrank you. Yeah. I think, um, the, the general acceptance and concept behind pay-per-click advertising or Google ads is they're often referred to by people. Um, has kind of changed over the last several years. Uh, I still, like you, place a lot of emphasis on organic SEO. And that means doing things on your website that help it naturally rank by putting out good quality content and uh, not having a stagnant website and getting those backlinks, right? I put emphasis on that as well, because like you said, it's more evergreen. It's long lasting. As you build it, it doesn't just disappear. Like with ads, you shut that off and it's gone. It just goes away. However, I can remember a period of time several years ago where there was almost an overemphasis, I feel like, and tell me if you agree with this. I feel like there was an overemphasis placed on organic versus paid because people were saying, well, paid doesn't work because people won't click on it when they see that it's an ad. And I don't necessarily think that's as true now as it was even five years ago because um, Google has been very obviously putting more ads now at that top space. And I think as the general user, you know, the end user that's, that's doing the search in the search engines is concerned. They've become more used to seeing those ads, knowing what they are and, and recognizing that they're not spam and, you know, how they get there. And so I think people are more willing now to click on ads than they were even just a few years ago. Does that ring true to you as well? So like, yeah, people are a little bit more receptive just because Google takes up so much space with the ads. So if you're searching for like a product, e-commerce, Google always puts Google shopping at the top. Then there's the pay-per-click ads, the search text ads right below that. So they're really pushing down the organic and trying to get that emphasis on the ads. Even the maps now sometimes show ads. They're testing out putting an ad at the top or even like putting smaller ads in between the listings. So they're trying to make it more subtle as well, trying to hide that little green button or whatever color they keep changing it to where it says ad, mm -hmm. they make it really tiny too. So people don't see it and mobile too. And there's a bunch of ads at the top. It really takes up a lot of space because again, most people don't scroll down on websites, which is really strange. So whatever they see on that above the fold is really what they're going to click for the most part. But also Google, I mean, people, I guess, maybe trust the ads a little bit more. And also Google owns a lot of different things. So you can run ads on YouTube, which is owned by Google. And that's probably a huge source of revenue for Google right there. Also, Google has the Google Display Network, which they partnered with almost any website that shows ads on it. So they have the banner ads, they have Gmail, they have Discovery, they have all these other campaigns out there. So they feel like people aren't clicking on, I mean, they're clicking on the search ads more, but there's all these other platforms too that are getting those clicks and Google Shopping, I feel like is bringing a lot of clicks into. Now, it seems like there's been a lot of buzz lately from people about Facebook ads, right? Ever since the iOS 14 update came out, everybody's been kind of, oh, Facebook ads aren't working anymore, which personally, I think is just an excuse for people that don't actually know what they're doing. But um, the reality is there's just been a lot of buzz lately of people talking about Facebook ads versus Google ads. And, and this idea that uh, people think that Google ads are performing better right now than Facebook. Do you, what, what are your thoughts on that? Anything? 
Um, I probably would like Google ads more than social, just because social you're interrupting people versus Google, they're searching, they're showing that intent to actively look at that moment. Same with YouTube. They're actively looking at that moment for your progress or help with something similar to what you're doing. So it's a little different, but like you said, yeah, people that are complaining probably aren't doing it properly because Facebook does work. It's just different intent behind Facebook and it's not for every business. Like you have to understand who your audience is, where they are and how to be in front of them at the right moments at the right times. But social does work, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, those ads work. And I really like remarketing on all those platforms. So if anyone goes to my website or like an e-commerce website and adds a product to the shopping cart, but doesn't check out, you see those ads follow you around. Those ones work really well on like Google, on YouTube, on, I mean, every platform, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, I mean, Pinterest, if it's e-commerce, I would just throw it out everywhere because the more touch points you have too, the more trust someone's going to have. And especially if it's a higher ticket item. So I like all those, but social does work. It just depends. Is your audience there or what type of ads are you putting out on social? Yeah, I, I appreciate you made the point about the difference between social media ads versus Google ads being uh, outbound marketing versus inbound, right? So we, when we've talked about that a little bit before on this show where outbound marketing, the social media ads is like uh, a guy on the corner in New York City wearing a trench coat that jumps in front of you and opens his trench coat and says, you want to buy a watch, right? Well, you know, you didn't, you weren't in the market for a watch. You weren't looking for a watch. That that wasn't what you were set out to do, but the guy interrupted your day and presented you with an offer and said, well, he, it looks like a Rolex and it's only $20, right? And so that's kind of the social media ads versus Google ads are saying, oh, you just walked into our store to buy a watch. Let me explain to you how we're the best solution for this watch problem you have, right? Very, very different conversation that you're having with the prospect. Yep. Yep. Very, very different. Both work just depends on what type of advertisement you're putting out, type of offer and what type of incentive. If you're on the street corner offering the fake Rolex, you might have to give something away for free to try to incentivize people to want to check you out, especially on social when there's so many so many distractions, so much noise, so much going on where people are really just going there to, to connect, with, connect with friends, family, check on like news or things that they're interested in. They're not actively looking to make a purchase or in that state of mind. But if you offer them the right thing, then that's going to give them that incentive to be like, hey, let me check this out. But God, think, put yourself in the user's point of view. If you were browsing around on Facebook and you saw your ad, would you want to utilize your services or utilize that product or would you want to click through? So God, take a step back and try to make it compelling and make it enticing to people. Yeah. Uh, with just a couple minutes here, would you then, um, since you put emphasis on Google ads kind of being the, your preference or your priority for anybody that wants to maybe take a, a, a stab at figuring out how to run their own Google ads, you know, just a basic Google ad, what sort of advice would you give them to get them through that process and, uh, to get started with that. Test and test and test and test out all the different things. So Google ads are not just Google anymore where you're just putting search terms. You can run banner ads, which are going to be a lot cheaper than the search terms. They're, I mean, the banner ads, not many people click on them. So they're going to be a lot cheaper because you're just kind of throwing them up there, but they do work sometimes. So it's all about testing, seeing what works, what doesn't work and just trying out things. Because if you're paying $5 per click, 
it's going to add up really quickly if you don't have a big budget. So YouTube ads are really good as well because Google lets or Google owns YouTube. And with YouTube, you get 30 seconds free ad space. So if somebody watches your ad for 29 seconds and then skips it, you don't pay a penny. After 30 seconds, then you pay like 10 cents a view or I mean, it varies, but on average, it might be like 10, 15 cents a view, which is a lot cheaper than someone clicking onto your website for $5. And if they don't click onto your website, they still hear your message or they see you speaking and they see you. So it just reinforces it, which I like that one as well. And with YouTube and the banner ads, the one thing that I found out a few years ago is that you could take your competitor's traffic. So if you're searching on like Amazon, you look at a product, you don't buy it, those ads follow you around. So you could do this. That's called remarketing, but I could do that to my competitor's traffic. So anyone that's gone to any of my competitor's websites, doesn't matter which one, they go to Yelp looking for an SEO company. I could target Yelp's traffic saying anytime they go to Yelp and look for one of my, or look for one of my services, then if they go on YouTube, my video ad will pop up or if I could have the banner ads, follow them around. And those work really well, especially with YouTube, because you're taking the competitor's traffic, they're going to never know about it and you get 30 seconds free ad space. So if someone watches your ad for 29 seconds and skips it, maybe they weren't the most targeted or they might've heard your message subliminally and they might think of you later on if you follow them around with those banner ads to keep yourself top of mind. But there's a lot of different strategies with the Google ads. I would say just test out as much as you can, try out as many different ways, try out the search terms, try out the um, YouTube, the banner ads or the display ads, try out discovery ads, try them all out. If you're shopping, definitely got to do shopping because if you're e-commerce, Google shopping is going to be the best because shopping ads show a picture of your product and it shows a the price there. So you're not going to get wasted clicks of somebody clicking and then seeing, oh, these are too expensive for me. The price is right there. The image is right there. So it's all right there. And it's a lot cheaper too than normal search ads. So, but just test it all out. That's the main thing. Even with Facebook, just test. You got to test everything out. Yeah, I agree. Testing and and just trying things to see what it does, what the result is, how it works. Um, I I recommend you go in, you know, set up a Google Ads account. It's it's super easy to do. Um, and you know, when you're setting up a Google Ads account, you can set a daily budget and you can set what you want your cost per click on on average to be right. Like you could set like, here's what I'm willing to pay for it. It might fluctuate a little bit one way or another, but typically when I tell people that want to do it on their own to try things out, just go in and set like a $10 a day budget. Uh, so, you know, I mean, it's nothing huge. You're talking 300 bucks a month. Um, 10 bucks a day and like five cents per click, something, something silly like that, just to see how it works. And if it works, then obviously you pour a little bit more gasoline on it. But one thing that um, I always tell everybody to steer clear of um, Google in their effort to try and make advertising easy for you, kind of uh, as you go through the process, their setup wizard, if you will, for the ads will give you recommendations. And all of those recommendations are set up in a way for Google to make more money. They want you to spend more money on more things. And I always tell everybody, I'm like, whatever Google says, this is recommended, do the opposite. <laughs> because that usually seems to have a better result. <laughs> yep. Yep. I agree. I got to just take everything with a grain of salt that Google tells you, even with SEO, Google says this works or this doesn't work, but Google doesn't want you to do SEO because Google makes all their money off paid ads. So yep. they want to do whatever they can to make more money. I mean, when I was working at advertising agencies, I'd see companies spending $20 million a month in paid ads. And they were like a medium-sized advertiser to Google, which 
this kind of crazy. I was like, that's a lot of money, but that's a medium sized advertiser. Like eBay, I think spends a million dollars a day. Amazon spends a million a day. So anytime they do have those recommendations at the top, got to take it all with a grain of salt and just be like, all right, is this really going to help me out? Or if they have a, a, a representative call you, their sales reps, they usually get paid off commission. The more you spend, the more they're going to make. So again, just got to be careful with everything they tell you. Just don't. And especially like they'll offer all these automated tools, like smart campaigns and things like that, automated bidding, which again is it's going to make your life easier, but it's also going to make Google richer. So mm-hmm. if you have the time to manage it all, I would recommend setting it up manually and tracking or doing it all yourself versus some of these automated tools or these smart campaigns, which don't really give you much control. Yeah. All right. Well, Brandon, why don't you uh, close us out with some final thoughts? What's uh, What do you got for the audience as we depart? I would just say, keep trying all the different strategies out. Don't just focus on one thing. It all works to get traffic, SEO, social media, paid ads, email marketing, offline marketing, whatever needs to be done. But it's not just do SEO or do paid ads. You got to do whatever you can to get traffic and you want to diversify and you don't want to just put all your eggs in one basket because if you're just focused solely on social media and you're only focused on Facebook organic, you might be like, all right, well, my page isn't getting much traffic traction anymore. There's no more reach anymore. Or if you're just focused all on Google or SEO and then 10 years from now, there's no more search engines. We're all in the metaverse. And it's like, I should have just diversified a little bit. So just try to capture traffic any way possible. As long as your audience is there, you don't have to be everywhere. You just have to be where your audience is. That's really the most important thing is just be where your audience is. Don't be everywhere. A lot of people get sucked into being everywhere on social media and just maybe where your audience is at. Absolutely. All right. Well, how do people find you? Where can they connect with you? So yeah, for everyone that's listening or watching, I create a special gift for them. If they go to my website, seooptimizers.com, that's SEO optimizers.com forward slash gift. They can find that there along with my contact information. And I offer a bunch of free classes as well. All the information is there. All right. Awesome. Well, Brandon, thanks for coming on the show. And uh, I, I appreciate all the, the advice that you've given us today on SEO. Yeah. Thanks for having me on today. Hey, thanks for sticking around till the end of the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review at leo2ceo.com forward slash podcast dash review or in your preferred podcast listening app. I would love to hear your feedback and it will also help other compreneurs like yourself find the show. Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode. Just go to leo2ceo.com, click on podcast and search this episode number, and you'll find all the links, descriptions, and resources we talked about. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe so you'll be notified when the next episode is live. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll catch you guys on the next episode.